Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Hey! Welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. My name is Mike Sweeney, a writer on The Conan Show, and... I'm Jesse Gaskell, another writer on The Conan Show. We are your hosts, and we take you deep inside. Beyond the esophagus, through the stomach, really in the duodendum area. Yes, and that's where things get bad. We have a great show today. We're excited about today's guest. We are. He has kind of taken our place as Conan's new punching bag. Yeah, and that's tough for one person to do. That, that's a lot to take on. We're talking about the producer of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Mr. Matt Gourley. One of the kings of podcasts. I mean, he's been well known in the podcast community for since its inception. Yeah, his podcast Super Ego is one of the original podcasts and it's still running. Here he is, Mr. Matthew. I call him Matthew, Matthew Gourley. Wow, that felt good. Really nice. Well, so we just did a sync clap and Matt Gourley, I'm told that you're the one who does that for Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Yeah, it's nice to be on the receiving end of the sync clap instead of pulling the strings. Yeah, what a treat for you. It really is. I'm, I mean, we're joking, <laughs> but if I'm being honest, it's nice to just be along for the ride. Our engineer, Will, executed that one. Any critique? Did he do a good job? He did it better than I could. Will's a master. He's the real brains behind this. He should be running the whole show. Yes. Yeah. I would love if it turned out that you weren't recording this, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> what if my audio's just awful? Well, this is your third podcast of the day, so we should go easy on you. We'll keep this to four minutes. It's the last one, though. Like, this is the one where you get me loosey-goosey, and I'm, I'm all yours. I've never seen you like this or heard you like this. <laughs> Mad after dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so people who are fans of Conan's podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, will recognize Matt's voice, Matt Gourley. Beautiful, silky voice. Your title is producer, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. But you're also a character on the show now. Yeah. That came as a surprise along the way. Well, originally it was just going to be, can you kind of help out with this? And then I think... It kind of became more of, well, do you want to produce it? And then somewhere along those production lines, I became an embattled sidekick along with Sona. Once you started recording with yeah. Sona, Sona Movsessian, Conan's real sidekick at work, his assistant. Yeah. 
He needs two co-hosts to handle him on a podcast. Yeah, and I need her just to get through it. I was curious because I, I think Conan is kind of relentless, relentlessly on the attack. I assume you always have each other's back, probably. That would be the wisest thing to do. Had yeah, you- although today was one of the first, I think one of two times where we didn't because it was an <laughs> argument over our s'mores good and Conan and I of all people agreed that they're overrated and Sona she goes hard for s'mores so yeah. oh boy so yeah. you were torn what did you do in that situation well I agreed with Conan but ultimately I have to side with Sona just because it just doesn't feel right to agree with Conan yeah he's trying to separate you I think so yeah. he is always trying to divide you <laughs> and then yep. further weaken you and then divide you again against yourself you know what I love s'mores You can say that here on our podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be in a safe space. By the way, there's a big opportunity for you to promote the number one comedy podcast in the world (laughs) on our podcast. Nice move. Uh, Congratulations to who's ever managing your career. But we are giving you the opportunity to be, I mean, you're the star of this show. You don't have to play the supporting character. And you can say whatever you want here. No, I choose to use it for good and okay. get along and be friendly All right. and nice. Aww. And I mean that in a pointed way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Point well taken. Well, this is a safe space. Thank you. Anything you say that is negative about anyone will be looped <laughs> and played over and over again. The audio archives, I've got things I'm sitting on that weren't during sessions. Oh, right. Nobody ever better mess with me. Yeah, people should know that. If you're speaking into a microphone, it's always recording, even if right. you don't think it is. Yeah. Are you hands-on with editing the show afterwards? Yeah, that's I edit the entire show. Oh, wow. Okay. Will does all the engineering, like the recording and stuff. But now we record separately in our own locations. But yeah, I, I receive all the files and do all the post-production and content editing and all that stuff. Oh, wow. Are you ever tempted to edit out Conan being really hard on you? Oh, or? I have. <laughs> I absolutely have. Oh, I love that. Do you want to buy him like that 25 minutes of you excoriating me I'm going to take out or... No, he doesn't even listen, so I don't... No, of course he doesn't listen. No, he doesn't listen. (laughs) That's a great position to be in. Because you didn't know that you were going to end up being such a big part of the actual podcast, but then it slowly, at some point, must have dawned on you, like, okay, I'm, you know, I have to come prepared every week for whatever ribbing I'm going to take. (laughs) Yeah, that was a real learning curve. Yeah. You know, Conan will often mention how he grew up in a family of six and that this is his learned behavior from fighting to survive, you know, in the jungle of his family's wits or whatever. And In the jungle of a middle-class Irish household. Right, right. <laughs> I grew up in a super polite, kind and friendly family where we just didn't do this kind of thing. So it's been a real shock to my <laughs> I do sort of carry issues with my older sister who's kind of, I love her now. We were so close, but she was a bit of a bully and I was probably a bit of a, you know, a little annoyance, but oh. right. yeah. So we have those. So strange that that relationship now mirrors your professional relationship. I know. Now that I think <laughs> of it, you're probably right. Perfect yeah. training. Yeah, I know. That's probably the, the perfect storm we've got going and, and why there's some clashing. Yeah. Yeah. You fell right into that old pattern. 
I know. Well, you can break out of it. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should ask you guys, like, give me guidance. What What are your uh, tools? What's your advice? It's like when you see, when your bully starts bullying a new kid and you're like, okay. You're Bob. just relieved. Uh, you are yeah. out of it? <laughs> yeah. We were like, for years, like, hey, you know, you should try a podcast with a co-host. Just, you know, stretch your wings. Oh. Get you out of my office. So your advice is I've got to find someone else to be the new. Exactly. exactly. Okay. So we F- might need like an assistant producer or something. You Right. Yeah. Or find yeah. a new medium for him to. Or I could just quit. I could quit and someone has to take my mm-hmm. job. You can't quit. And I'm so damaged. I mean, I've been there 25 years. I don't even understand. Someone has to remind me that any of it is, there's a problem with any, any of it. I'm just, I have Stockholm syndrome. It's just like, I don't see what the big deal is here, folks. He's tough, but fair. <laughs> so is that an adjustment? I, it must have been an adjustment, right? Because Conan is, sometimes I marvel at uh, he really is like a dog with a bone. Like once he's got something on you, he'll just keep hammering. You know? And it's it's funny. Like you have to give it up. It's funny. I think it all started with how I was dressed. And so I just never Ooh. also had anybody who wasn't over 70 comment on how I dressed, you know, like <laughs> as a sort of like, you know, there, you'd go to Thanksgiving and your grandma would be like, well, I don't like that shirt. You know, it was <laughs> just so blatant. Is that a rock and roll band? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was that kind of thing. <laughs> and I was just so thrown for a few episodes. I just didn't say anything because I just was, I did, don't even know how to respond, especially from someone who sometimes is wearing a crocodile Dundee hat. Right. <laughs> Unironically. Yeah. 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 With plastic teeth. I'd respect <laughs> yeah. that had if they were real alligator teeth. I know. Good point. You can see the plastic seam running around every single tooth. (laughs) Very impressive. Oh, this feels good. So did you just start showing up naked to the pot so he couldn't go after your clothes? You know what's funny is I did start dressing down and I don't know yeah. if it was subconscious at first or it did, but I started, oh. I went from whatever he thought I well, was. Yeah, he used to dress kind of like, I, I remember some sweaters, V-neck sweaters we'd see you in. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you could probably call me at that time, like bookish or something, but he had turned me into a, like a tweed wearing hipster. I don't know if he fully understands what a hipster is, but I went from that to (laughs) what I called like CIA dad, like someone who's undercover and is trying to look like they could be at home at a PTA meeting or something like the most (laughs) inoffensive. Yeah. Like on the Americans. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. He got his first foothold on the way you were dressed. And then yes. What does he have other specific riffs with you? Things he's always going after that. Yeah. What else does he think? hipsters do well he he gets on me about my tastes and some of like but they're very similar to his like i have a a phone right. that used to be owned by eisenhower presidential history oh and he, he, would, he wouldn't let up about that but you know well he's jealous that's just jealousy oh yes of course he wants you to give up the phone yeah, yeah. Well, it's not gonna happen my sister <laughs> jenny well now he'll try to trump you by buying a phone that you know <laughs> The, the first phone ever used in the White House. Yeah, That's, yeah. Yeah. So now he goes after your interests in spite of them mirroring his own. And then sometimes there'll be a, gl- a glimmer of bonding over them, but just not enough. No. And then sometimes it'll level out, but then it'll come back. And you, you just, I'm always on my toes, I'm finding. Or I'll get comfortable. He will lull you into like comfort. Yeah. And that's, that's when he can smell the blood. Yes. That's when he strikes. I've gotten lulled after, like 
when we're doing a five weeks of shows by the third day of the first week, you're like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm revved back up. I'm ready. I've got my armor on, but the first day back from a break, totally he'll come at you at full revs. Yeah. We were supposed to take a few weeks off for the podcast. Right. Because it's quarantine. I think he's got nothing really occupying his time. And he just said, Nope, we're back to it next week. It's twice a week now. (laughs) Well, we've, we had one every day this week and we went from what I thought was going to be a couple weeks off to full bore recording. And there was a moment where I went, I'm not emotionally prepared for this. Yeah. (laughs) You need to up your therapy session. I know. Yeah. But you, you mentally thought you had a, a nice little, a little break coming. That's right. I thought I was going, like I had a two week pass from East Berlin into West Berlin, right. you know. <laughs> Instead, your break is doing a podcast with us. That's yeah. the yeah. I'll take it. That is I'm sad. telling you, this is cathartic, guys. This is feeling good. But Matt, you, okay, just to get away from Conan for a second, I'm sure we'll come back. But you've been in the podcast game for a long time. I learned this about you, that you started in like 2006 yeah, doing podcasts. You, isn't that embarrassing? See, that's what he should be getting on me about. Why is that embarrassing? I don't know. It you just, were such an early adopter. I, I didn't guess, even know yeah. we had podcasts in 2006. I had a Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. Well, you couldn't have listened. I mean, that we had so few listeners. It was, yeah, it was a little. Where did times. they go? I mean, just how did they go onto the internet? <laughs> It was the the only way you could do it. You could listen like on a website where the audio would be posted or Apple iTunes podcast still existed, but there was no iPhone. Well, it was that year, but it was still coming out. So you had to download it on your desktop and then sync your iPod with it. That's why it gets the name oh. podcast because oh. it was originally for iPods. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love yeah. that your involvement predated the iPhone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that, <gasps> that's that, quite a demarcation line. Here's how crazy it was. We even recorded our first episode, not on a computer, but like a digital music hard separate recorder. And I would pump it into my computer with analog wires. Like there was an analog component to our podcast. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh wow. You were recording onto vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. I was the Jack White of podcasts. Okay, now you I know I think you are a hipster. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know. But it was by necessity because I didn't have the software. Not the uh, not the aesthetics, I swear. It's like you and Jimmy Pardo were the only two people doing podcasts. <laughs> I know, that's true. Yeah. What was your podcast about? It's called Super Ego and in one form or another it's still going because we would take these long breaks and it's purely improvised character comedy that then I would edit down to really tight things and give it like high production value. So it seemed like, you know, they're like three to five minute sketches, but they were longer improv recordings of just people with kind of, you know, whatever we call it, like personality disorders, but that was the basic idea. But then it just kept going throughout the years and we still do it. And used to do live shows before the world went inside. Right. Didn't you do a reunion show last year? A tour? We did do a Yeah, that's right. We did a little mini tour on the, uh, on the Pacific Northwest. Yes, yeah. right. I remember. Yeah. I was following it on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Wow. And you've been doing improv a long time too, right? Yeah, since high school. Oh, my God. Yeah. I used to be on this thing called comedy sports, which, which is like a varsity sport. I've heard of for comedy sports. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. not a sport. No. To be clear. <laughs> no. And sometimes it's not comedy. And you grew up in Southern California. So did you get school credit for doing that in high school? <laughs> That's a good question. No, not technically, but it was part of theater class kind of. Right. So, yeah. I'm guessing you always wanted to 
be doing what you're doing in some form or another. Did your were your parents or maybe I'm wrong about that, but were your parents supportive of your showbiz aspirations? They were. I I wanted to be an animator more than anything ah. until I kind of got to high school and started doing improv. But even then I went to college to study graphic design and then quickly switched it to set design and then to performance. And so I went through a lot of little ringers, but yeah, I still these days don't know what I want to do. I don't know <laughs> right. if, if I'm doing this as a career or what this is, but I think I'm just going to keep this going until retirement age and then pack it in. Well, I mean, you literally can fall into things like, you know, you're just talking about the evolving role you have on the Conan podcast. So, yeah, which you weren't thinking of going into it. And now, no, I do love, though, that you I mean, the fact that you did both improv and podcasting before anybody else. It's yeah. like there should be a statue erected of you for white men <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's definitely replace Robert E. Lee with a podcaster, a white male <laughs> podcaster. Now's the time. A lot of people don't know Matt was tweeting in grade school. Yeah. <laughs> Just you were ahead of it on every front. It was amazing. I did. I was really interested in like morning radio personalities when I was younger. And then it only recently hit me that kind of what the podcast with Conan is, is like a radio DJ and his producer and like news person, yes. how they would morning bring zoo. Them. Yeah. It's, it really is a morning zoo. It's an afternoon zoo. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's like a kind of like ancient Greek Cassandra myth of be careful what you wish for. Yeah. I know. I always wonder if I, I, I know a few uh, comedians who, I swear when, when they were kids, they knew they were going to be famous when they grew up. And I wonder, like, I wonder if you as a kid had some premonition about what your future is going to be. I only had a premonition of what I wanted it to be, but then that right. would change like every six months, even to this day. So right. it's kind of a mess of unfocused goals, but also I think I'm more comfortable not committing to something. I mean, I got married at 43, so clearly there's some <laughs> commitment issues. Yeah. I can ask if there were people whose careers you looked up to or that, you know, as a kid, you were like, oh, that, you know, that guy's got it going on. I guess I actually Letterman of all people. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, all joking aside about Conan, I was a we're huge definitely going to tell him this. I did watch the show, <laughs> but he didn't come on until I was in, I think, college. So, I had already kind of like just been watching Letterman for so many years right. so when I was younger. Yeah. There's something about who you are uh, into when it comes to comedy, when you're kind of like 13, 14, 15, yeah. the same yeah. thing with music. Like you're just in love with those people the rest of your life. I mean, I still am convinced that my music taste from age 13 was perfect. I think so too. Yeah. Who was it? Fiona Apple. Oh, I mean, she's well, still the best. You're not wrong. <laughs> I know. I think I, mean, I am actually right. That, yeah, that's pretty good. If that's your choice at 13, <laughs> you're doing really well because uh, mine was something more like Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 
Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Mr. Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, of all the McDonald's burgers I've ever hamburgled, these are the hottest, juiciest, and tastiest. Brubble. Hurry in and enjoy one of our 350 bundles, like a daily double and small fries, for a limited time. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any of the offer comparison of prior classic burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh. Like creator Kate. This Glade Orchid Neroli candle is so fresh. It's like fresh as watching a sunrise in Santorini. Yeah, I'm going to need more of those. Explore the new Glade Fresh collection today. What was your first showbiz job? Oh, my first showbiz job. I guess commercials. Well, I did a bunch of plays in college and Mm -hmm. then a little bit of regional theater. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing some commercial acting and a tiny bit of... TV, but then I didn't really do anything for the longest time. And I was teaching college. I was teaching acting and theater history and stuff like that. But then I started doing a little bit more acting and I, I ended up booking this job as the Volkswagen spokesperson for three years for the, these commercials. And I did like 30 some commercials for Volkswagen. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it all, it came through podcasting. It came because the director knew super ego and all, then my acting work all started coming from super ego. And so I kind of said, do I really need an agent? I'm not booking anything on my own merit. You know, I couldn't go into an audition and really nail it. But if I knew that they were bringing me in for the podcast, then I felt like, Oh, at least they're making the choice to have me here. Not, I'm not being foisted on them. Right. Well, I heard about a job you had that fascinates me. I mean, you told me this, that you worked at Disneyland. Yeah, for many years. 13 years. Yeah. Oh my God, 13 years. How many shows a week would you do there? At most, it would be like four days a week, six shows a day. Were you like a Disney prince? What were you doing? No, no, I wasn't. I was in the kind of like union performer section where we would do improv comedy. And then this job I had that's come up on the Conan podcast before, I was... It's so hard to explain, but there's a trash can that was fully motorized and I was hiding among people on <laughs> just walking along the park and oh I had a God. bag and I could control this trash can and I had a secret microphone in my hand that would modulate my voice and the sound would come from the trash can. And so I could just talk to people as the trash can, which could fully amble its way through all the crowd and speak to people. What? Oh my God. This was a prank show. You did a prank show at Disneyland. Yeah, basically. That sounds like something Disney wouldn't allow. I know. A a rogue guy with a mic and wouldn't they worry worry about you hurting someone with your mobile wastebasket running someone over? Yeah, and they probably should have too because there was a point where I just didn't care anymore and was saying things that they would have never oh i'm sure oh wow were you doing shtick i mean what was your yeah i mean i was just would 
go over to the other trash cans and say, <laughs> Sheila, I want a divorce or like, you know, let me more. and I would get in a screaming match with them or I would harass people for their, to throw away their churros and things like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a high point. Were people ever screaming like that waste basket yelled at me? <laughs> well, their kid, a lot of times kids would come up and ruthlessly kick it. And then I would drive up to the parents, go, why like, don't ow, you do ow. something about your children? Oh my God. You need to manage your children. It was, it was depressing. Feed them to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I had no idea. I've never seen this trash can at I don't Disneyland. I think it's there anymore. I know. No. Yeah. I think it started and ended. It yeah, was, there was a you. lawsuit. It yeah. would break down a lot too. <laughs> it would break down and then I'd be like, okay, break time. The first job I had there when California Adventure opened, there was this restaurant called the ABC Soap Opera Bistro, which was built on all the ABC soap operas. So every room of the restaurant was a set from one of the soap operas. And so once <laughs> Who an wants hour, that? <laughs> no one. And they, they showed that in their attendance. And uh, but we would do this thing where once an hour we come in <laughs> dressed as like surgeons and scrubs or like millionaires oh. in an ascot and just do a little table side oh. improv thing. It was like 10 minutes of the oh, easiest no. improv with your friends. It was the, I'll never have an easier job. And it was like a union job too, with full benefits and everything. Oh, cool. It was incredible and it couldn't last because the, we'd come in one, it's like some days to work at 10 a.m. And they'd say, we're not going to open till 5 p.m. So just go ride some rides. Oh, oh wow. wow. And then we'd do an hour of work and then go home. It was a dream job. Would the people eating there know that this little show is happening? Like, yeah, we'd be right uh, among them and we would use them like, this right. is my wife, Monrovia. How could you leave me? And <laughs> they ate it up. And it was not quality improv. I'm, She's been in a coma. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot of that. <laughs> oh, I was worried people would be like, uh, we're trying to eat. <laughs> there was some of that. There was some of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone goes there for the food. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Was it one of those things where you ended up like, have you, do you go back to Disneyland ever now or do you just hate it there because you worked there for so long? I don't hate it because I have nostalgia for it, but I was also never a Disney freak because I grew up going. And so it never felt super special to right. me. It did when I was young, but then when I was older. So now if I go back, it's kind of nostalgic. And my wife worked there as well. So we have like that in common. She was a face character. She was a princess, like a I guess she was a Cinderella. And she dated a wastebasket. She married a trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> that no, should be a Disney we met at fairy Universal tale. Studios. What? Oh, I get know. out. Oh, I my swear. God. Doing improv. Yeah. You're the, you're the ultimate Southern California couple. Uh, you met at yeah. Universal. Yeah. And then after that, you guys started working you transitioned at Transitioned to Disney. No, we worked there for oh. years and never knew each other. And then both oh. got this job at Universal doing improv. And that's how we met. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh my God. So this is a real circuit. I don't think I knew, realized that there were that many. My wife and I are working on a podcast about like behind the scenes at Disney and all the crazy shit that goes on. And so we've been researching all this stuff. Oh, that's a great idea. Enjoy the lawsuits. I know. I know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really having to navigate. <laughs> uh, Matt, have you, has there been a guest on Conan O'Brien needs a friend that you've like really fanned out over? You guys, because you get great guests. Yes. Yeah. Well, David Sedaris was a big one. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I That was really a treat. He seems like he'd be a little ornery. Yeah, I think I thought that going in and he was so friendly and oh. so nice and so game. Yeah, he was wonderful. Loved him. And then there's also like the, you know, the big ones that 
like Michelle Obama and Tom right. Hanks, yeah. even though Tom Hanks was on Zoom, but still, right. you're, you're kind of checking yourself in those moments. But then I remember Timothy Oliphant and Jeff Goldblum being so incredibly funny and Charles Barkley too. I think oh. the common thread I'm finding is the guests that really rib Conan. Yes. Are the ones that I'm really enjoying. Uh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> My liberator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I take, Oh, we said, I think we even said that to Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Will you take us away? <laughs> take us with you. Please. You're, you're writing mash notes to all these people. Or <laughs> yes. Charles Barkley is really Man, is he funny. Oh, God, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those people that mentioned are, are hilarious. You know who I, I he had on the television show the other day who's really, they have a great back and forth and really gives it to him is Jim Gaffigan. Oh, God, he mm-hmm. was funny. He was on the podcast, too. Yeah. And he was sort of edgier than I'd ever seen him in his comedy on the podcast. Yeah, he's he, kind of an edgy guy. Yeah. Is there anyone that you would love to have on the show that hasn't been on? Oh, you have a wish list. God. Oh yeah. my God. Okay. Hold on. Why? You Eisenhower. think I would have this ready to go? Yeah. Eisenhower. <laughs> the ghost of Eisenhower. Well, Letterman was a huge one too. Cause oh, he was yeah. on, obviously. Yeah. Do you ever want to linger after and be like, Oh, you know, <laughs> of course I do, but I can't, I'm just incapable. I can't, yeah. I can't bother someone like that. I feel right. I right. feel horrible. You know, Judy Dench. I would like Judy. Dench <gasps> oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. I have nothing to do with the guests. And and that's the thing. I get a lot of people on social media going, get this person on, get this. Always Norm MacDonald. I literally (laughs) find out who the guests are when everybody else doing the podcast does. I have nothing to do with it. Right, right. Well, speaking of social media, I, they put up, um, an excerpt from the podcast on the Team Coco website. And because it, it was over Zoom, everyone got to see you. I was reading some of the comments. People are obsessed with the way you look. I know. Do you know people that? Are think, you, people don't know that I'm as old as I am. Well, you don't know. You don't look old at all. You look what? Like, but I think they think I'm in my 20s. What I noticed was everyone's like, oh, my God, he I didn't. I didn't think he'd be so good looking. Like I think. No, they think, I haven't seen any of that. Do tell. Ah! Do Why tell. would I say this? <laughs> They're like, oh, I thought he'd be fat and with a beard and, and wear <laughs> like a cardigan sweater, and which is weird to me. I don't. I don't get that from your voice because he paints such a picture of me as this, you know, like penny farthing riding, knickers right. wearing, okay. tweed cap. Pipe smoking, mustache yeah, twirling. Right, yeah, right, right. Basically. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He's... Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you about something? You also had the distinction of being on, correct me if I'm wrong, the first episode ever of Drunk History. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. Were you a drunkard? I was a, yeah, I was a drunk you were storyteller. The oh. Yeah. Does it yeah. concern you that they, like, they're starting this show and they're like, we need someone... <laughs> Someone who gets drunk a lot. <laughs> Frankly, I was honored. I was truly honored. I went, you You know were me. already doing it, so you yes, might as well just I record. Know. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> you did it about Watergate. Yeah, I did Watergate, oh. and then I did the Alamo like that season as well. Ah. And I did the story of Werner von Braun. But I did the Watergate and the Alamo in the same night. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, and I had already thrown up like halfway through the Watergate uh, story. You so. really, you really threw up. I did, and and it's really fun. I mean, it's very funny. When I saw the Alamo one, 
I literally did not remember the Alamo. I did not remember the speech. <laughs> wow. I couldn't remember a thing I said. And I've never been blackout drunk to my knowledge before. Well, really you was. wouldn't remember it if you had. No. <laughs> it's good the one yeah. time you're blackout drunk, it's on television. Yeah. I know. I that's, I the know. Way, that's the way to do it. Matt, we, uh, we always like to close the show by asking people um, for advice for somebody who might want to. And I know that you're still figuring out what you want to do. Right. But if there were somebody out there who maybe wants to have a career like yours, some advice for that person. Oh, like mine. Well, do it for the love of the game because I, I God knows I never intended for this to be a job or a career. It was just something that was really fun. And because no one thought, any, I, my friends and I never thought anyone was listening. We were uncensored. And the more you can just kind of do your own thing and have your own voice and do it for the sake of, doing it, probably the better it's going to be because you're going to be having fun doing it. I, I think I've said it before, but anything worth doing should be worthless and just have <laughs> have fun, I guess. Was that, does that work? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I think a lot of people get caught up in like, how do I monetize this? Right, right. And that should always come last. Yeah. yeah exactly. But the goal is to make no money. And then you know that you're really doing something you like. Yeah. Maybe even lose <laughs> some money. If you're, if you really want to have a good time <laughs> and right. lose some money, this career is for you. Yeah, then it's a true passion. That's right. That is good advice. And Matt Corley, this was so delightful. Yes. Well, Mike and Jesse, I'm a fan. So I, when they asked me to do this, when Jen asked me to do this, I was thrilled. And I love the podcast. So thank you very much. Oh, well, we're big fans of yours. It was so nice to get you alone. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, on your third podcast of the day. Yeah, but this was like free therapy. Let's do this again next week. Same time. Did you get enough therapy? Is there, is there, are there any uh, questions or advice you want at all? Just save me, hold me. Okay. (laughs) Just know that you're not alone. Yes. That helps. That helps. Basically our whole podcast is just a network of people who have been traumatized by Conan. It's like a human resources (laughs) center call line. And you're welcome on any time, you know, if a new situation arises. Yeah, just call the hotline. You just say the word. I'll be calling (laughs) after every session. All right, good. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Okay, thanks. And that was Matt Gorley. Yay. We need to tell you, in case you didn't know this, that new episodes of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend are available every Monday, wherever you get your podcast. That's actually incredibly accurate information. And you know what? Somehow, miraculously, we still have time to answer a fan question. Today's question comes from Carl M. Having listened to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend since the beginning, okay, brown noser, as well as inside Conan, it seems that there are many guests that Conan really enjoys having. Can you name any that seem to be particularly favorites of his and your favorites? Oh, I mean, Conan loves funny people. Part of it is selfish. Uh, Well, A, he gets to laugh a ton. But plus, I know he's often said he loves when comedians come who kind of take being on a talk show seriously and actually prepare to come on and be really funny and because it makes his job easier and plus he has a great time. Yeah, no, I think that people don't realize that the kind of the ideal guest is someone who has brought stories or has material, stand-up material that they want to do and it's not just actual improvising. Yeah, there have been guests who come on where they think that's how you do it, what you just said, where you, well, you just go on and you talk. And then you just talk about what you had for dinner the night before. And- right. It often becomes a real workout for Conan. Yeah. I love when Conan has on like 
a couple of names that come to mind. Nicole Byer. Yes. And Nikki Glazer. Yes. Are both really funny on their own, but then their chemistry with Conan is so funny because they're both a little bit blue. Yeah, they're blue and they're not afraid to shock him with sex talk and they give it to him right between the eyes. Yeah. And he gets very uncomfortable. And it's really fun to watch. Yes. So they, they have a great dynamic. And he also loves occasionally when he has people he's venerated for so long. Come on. That's I think that's really exciting for him. Like, you know, when Carl Reiner first came on and then kept coming on and uh, Mel Brooks or whenever Steve Martin's on, it's hey, those Martin Short. Yes. Martin Short's. I mean, they're actually friends, right? They are friends. But Martin Short just rags on him the whole time. So it's really funny. And Conan loves it. Well, who are some of our favorites that we've had on Inside Conan? Matt Gorley, right? We should mention just Matt Gorley because we just interviewed him. <laughs> I think that's the beginning and end all. You know, J.B. Smoove. Oh, he was so funny. Well, because he had just come from doing the show. And I swear, I don't know if he knew he had left Conan's studio and walked into our podcast <laughs> studio. It was just continuous. And he just went. I just like to imagine that he's always like that. And whether or not there's a recording device around. I think so. Yeah, we just got in his RV and hung on for dear life. Yeah. Yeah, well, and actually there's one that I, I think we both loved. We loved having Robert Smigel on because he's yes. hilarious and he has so many, he has such a good memory of the early years. Right. We liked him so much, we actually have him coming back. So that'll be in the next few weeks. And if any of you other listeners have questions besides Carl... You can email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail. We played a good one already. Call us at 323-209-5303. Okay, so we'll see you next week. Or, well, you'll hear us next week. Bye. Okay, bye. We like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Jen Samples. Engineered and mixed by Will Becton. Supervising producers are Kevin Bartelt and Aaron Blayard. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.